Hey, welcome to Get On and Shine with me, Holly Honeychurch. today really well I hope I'm good I am waiting to go and collect a rabbit who has had to go to the vets again last night she stopped eating and moving much and I thought as a precaution after all the the things that I do to try and help her gut move I decided that it was time to go to the vets. So I know in the last podcast, I had hoped that I wouldn't have to do that again, but I have. So I'm waiting to go and pick her up. She is doing really well. She's just not got great genes apparently. So she gets this thing called gut stasis and it's something that she gets quite a lot. Sometimes she gets over herself. Other times she needs a bit more help, like intravenous stuff. So she's also got like weird teeth that, and I didn't realize rabbits teeth just kept growing. And if you've got pet rabbits, then you need to get their teeth like cut basically, or they call it bird. I didn't ask exactly what that was. So bless her heart, she is coming home and that's really good news. So in the meantime, I thought I really wanted to have a chat again. It's been a while, last time we learned about rabbits. This time I thought I would speak a little bit about education and me being in education for about 10 years. I was working out, I think I started working in schools in 2006, 2007. It was great back then. I was a teaching assistant. I looked after uh, two nursery children with special educational needs. One little girl had Down syndrome and was from Afghanistan and the other little boy had autism. And I I was working in an area which had a lot of English as a foreign language. So um, there was quite a language barrier as well. But we had a a beautiful time together. I would hang out with them. I would make games for them. I would chase them and play chase with them around the, the, um, the playground. So it was a special time. That was in London. And then I moved down to Devon and did more work as a teaching assistant. I love that. I really loved just hanging out with kids and helping them do their work. And I did usually end up with the sort of the the, the challenging ones, which I wasn't the most amazing at. You know, there are some teaching assistants who that's what they do. They're like super into working with um, special educational needs children. And you know, I did it, but I wouldn't say that it was my forte. My forte was just like doing lots of singing and music and games and fun. And yeah, I I used to enjoy just hanging out with them, really. (laughs) 
So I was down in Devon and working in a school in a year two class. I, I worked there for quite a long time and I kept doing this until at some point I decided that it would be a good idea to go back to uni and do my PGCE to become a teacher. I remember one of my friends saying, you know, hanging out with kids and being with kids is quite different to teaching them. But at the time I thought, yeah, it's fine, you know, I'll just do it and it's something else to do and it's some another qualification to get. So I did it and it was, I'm quite good academically. I, If I need to write essays, if I need to just get on with things and do research and read and I'm, I'm good at that. I'm good at planning and preparing essays and getting them in on time. That was fine. The placement side of it, the first placement I had was in Torquay in a reception class. And it was in that place when some of you may remember me talking about when miracles happen. And that was at that place where I was actually quite miserable that I, I said, I really want to sing. That's really what I want to do in life. And then the rainbow appeared. So it wasn't the easiest time. The head, the deputy head, my mentor as well, she didn't really like me. So it was doubly difficult to try and just get through the placement. But I liked hanging out with them. There was just this other layer now of having to plan everything as well. Every single lesson, having to make it up. And on the surface, it sounds easy, but I, it didn't quite gel with me. So I got through it, but I, I, I didn't have much confidence there. And then my second placement threw me completely and I ended up in a school in London. I went there voluntarily because I thought, cool, let's go to a London school and really just to see everything. So I'd worked as a TA in a London school, but not as a teacher. So I was thrown in the deep end in a year two class. And really, I wanted to work with little children, but I ended up doing the top end of my of what my degree offered, which was seven and eight year olds, which they are still little, but they are quite big as well when you're used to working with nursery children of three and four. I had a good time there. I I, I I tried to plan again. Planning was always like linking the planning to the national curriculum and all the assessments and all. There was just all this stuff to read and all these targets to hit. And somehow I just found that completely difficult to try and just lock in everything that was expected within this system when all I really wanted to do was read and, and teach the lessons but but um yeah I I sort of thought I'm going to complete this but it's not really what I want to be doing at this point but I didn't want to drop out because I thought there's got to be there's got to be something out there for me and I loved hanging out with kids and being with kids so I carried on I completed my PGCE. My teacher helped me get through that last assessment and I left university and went to work in London in a special needs school and, and spent 
time with the, I, w- I became a supply teacher. I felt like that was my niche, that I could go in and teach other people's lessons. And then I wouldn't have to deal with the marking and all else that came because there's so much burden, I think, that c- comes with being a, a full-time teacher. It's just heavy marking, planning, like all my teacher friends who are still hanging on in there, they just spend their whole weekends marking, working, preparing, and all weeks and all evening. And it's just, it's like having two jobs. So I got savvy and I thought, I need a life as well. This can't be my whole life. So I decided to go along the supply route and I really loved it. I would pop in in the morning, hopefully be left with a lesson plan because that's the main thing you want as a supply teacher. You don't know the class. You want things to be prepared for you so that you just come in and teach things. And at the beginning of my embarking into being a supply teacher, I had had a really good time on the whole. Sometimes I would get really cheeky children but to begin with I will talk about the positives just just being positive with children is a start I think quite a lot of teachers are stressed and burdened and it can reflect on how the class gets treated as well so I would come in I would look like a fairy because at the time I would have sparkly eyeshadow or eye glitter I don't wear makeup but sparkly eye glitter I would wear different colored clothes each day and I would wear lots of sparkles so I was an immediately an enigma for the children which meant that they were usually on my side so I would go in and I would have a little, excuse me, a little glockenspiel, a little magical melody maker, very portable. And I would go in and I would do magical sounds to them in the morning to get their attention. A lot of teachers just say, right, everybody quiet, you know, whereas I didn't want to do that. I wanted them to gradually hone in to this new sound that perhaps they hadn't heard before. So it would be me gently caressing the glockenspiel and then gradually more and more children would go, what's that, what's that? And from this loud, everybody clattering around together, peace and natural peace would come quite quickly. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush it. I would just take my time until they were ready. And then they would all be like, shh, The parents really loved it. They thought I was just a bit gaga, I think, which is fine because anything to get a child to do what you want it to do, what you want them to do. I know one of my teachers, I remember her saying she she's like a tutor, a university tutor now teaching um, primary school um, to become a primary school teacher. And she said with her year sixes, so they're around 10, 11, sometimes she just couldn't get control so she would stand on a chair facing the wall just so that she did something so weird that everybody just stopped talking i thought that was really funny and after i would get their attention i would you know i always wanted to do the register even as on work experience in a primary school class i loved doing that register and mostly it's on computer now 
which was always like, oh, I want to do it on paper, you know, with those little dashes and those zeros and the A's. And I mean, it is a lot more complex now. There are so many codes, which, you know, I would try and get right. But sometimes I'd be like, what? There are N's and um, A's and L's. The mission then, after completing the register, was to try and get it back to the office, either sent via the online system or sent with a child, because if I didn't get it back super quick, then the office lady would be down asking me for it. So I always try to get in on time. The other thing with registers was that sometimes I found it really difficult to pronounce the children's names because they were all very complicated in some areas for for me and they would get cross with me. They'd be like, no, you say it like this. I'm "I'm really sorry, it's my first time here. So I would say it back to them. But on occasion, I I mean, I did my best to remember all their names, but in, in certain classes, there was absolutely no help. So I'd call everybody lovely or sweetie or darling. I would just call them very, very sweet names. And that seemed to make them super happy. And often they'd come up to me and give me big hugs and just tell me that they loved me. It was so sweet. Then, well, because I wanted to teach reception age, it would be them having a bit of carpet time, getting to know me. I miss honey church. Honey, like what bees make. And I would do a little bzzz. And then church, like where people go to sing and pray. That would be my start. And they would just be taken with me. And I just spent the whole time just being nice to kids and 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 anything they told me which was exciting or anything they made up about fairies or unicorns. I was all in there. Any silly sentence they, they told me about and I would write it on the board. I love to give stars and points and I would have my own stickers as well. And you would first you'd get a bronze star and then if you did something extra lovely you'd get a silver star and then if you were amazing you'd get a gold star all in the same day i'd also have a bell and it was called the bell of beauty and it was a a, it's a beautiful copper bell and it lived in a special box when the children had done nice things to each other then they would be able to come and ring the bell And of course, everybody would hear that and then want to ring it too. So it just advocated and encouraged really happy, friendly behavior. I didn't like to see the kids on screens too much. I way preferred them to play together, especially age four and five. In the curriculum, they expect an amount of ICT and usually the whiteboard would be on, but it just somehow didn't feel right to me because a lot of kids would, that's all they would do all day. So I, I would often like turn it off and unless the head came round, it would stay off and they would be able to play outside on the bikes and yeah, just just have a break from the screen. I made up all the songs for a school Christmas play. I ended up working in a school for about six months and I managed to get half of my 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 like official teaching qualification because when you finish uni you go in as a, a newly qualified teacher 
um, um, but then you need to do a whole year in order to get like a qualified teacher status. So I managed to get half of that because, you know, every school's different and some schools are really intense and like the, the heads just looking for such an outstanding school that, you know, you just haven't got any freedom at all, but others are more relaxed. And I was in a super relaxed school where just everybody was really chilled. And I had a lot of creative spirit even back then. And I wrote all the songs to this Christmas play. It was called The Little Blue Star. I found this, the script in, in the, the old Christmas box of, of scripts. And I used that story, but then I wrote all the songs and we practiced every day and we had three performances and I'd sit at the front and do all the actions so that they knew what to do. And my mum came to see it and it was, she sat next to me for one of the performances and it was quite sweet that she could see me like doing the songs with, with my class. That was a really happy time. That was a time when I was part of a team and we'd all laugh together. They'd wonder what colour clothes I was going to wear on the next day. I'd wear crowns at Christmas and tinsel and and I felt like I, I had a, a real a real place there. But sadly, the well, not sadly in a way, the, the lady who was off sick, she came back. So I had to leave and it was like, oh, I've got to go. And then I went back into just teaching different schools every day and... I had amazing times, but though I had quite a few tough times as well. I think when you first start teaching, you've got rose-tinted spectacles and everything's a joy. It's also just like how how you how positive you are. But when you add time constraints onto things and every day I would have to learn a new routine, so I'd have to make sure I knew when assembly was and register in first period and second period, and it became quite stressful so I got a system I, I wrote it all down in the morning but to get to that system you have to make loads of mistakes in the first place <laughs> things like the whiteboard technology does it work or not usually not you know you've got this lesson that's been left for you and I was trying to work the technology <laughs> And I'm like, why isn't it working? The, the cursor kept like moving where I'm like, why is it moving over there when I'm holding it over here? And little did I know that there were some monkeys on the floor at the front who were like touching the screen and making it do weird things. That was a really, really tough afternoon. I only did that school for one afternoon. It was very, very challenging um, with lots of children who didn't listen to me. I couldn't charm them. They they were particularly challenging and I, I did actually at the end of that afternoon question my ability to teach. <laughs> I do remember telling this girl to be quiet in not quite so <laughs> polite terms and as soon as I sort of said shut up in front of the whole class I thought oh my god I'm gonna get fired and she's gonna tell her dad and I'm gonna get told off and I just thought what have I done they literally I drove myself and they drove me to the point of being so oh. and um 
there was a, a teaching assistant actually in the class, but she was at the back, like in the corner, huddled over as if she wasn't even there. I think she'd lost the will to live having them as a class. Oh, you know, you just sometimes get a tough year. You, you hear it, um, even if you've you've been at school, like maybe the year above or below, or maybe your year. It's just a difficult year for some reason. And that was a difficult class for sure. And as a side note on that, I did go to the girl at the end of the class and apologise and say that I was just a bit upset and I wanted her to know that even adults can make mistakes and also apologise for them. So she was okay in the end. Yeah, so technology, does it work? Like the whole lesson is planned based on this um, this spreadsheet, this, this um, PowerPoint. And then it fails. So you're like, right, I've got a whole hour. And, you know, at the beginning, I didn't really have many lessons planned, like if things broke down. But by the end, I carried around this amazing book full of fabulous colouring. And I collected games. I used to, um, well, there'd be like word searches and, and really fun things. But games like a game called chocolate cake where and kids loved it I could literally play it for hours with them they'd come up to the front one person and then they'd turn around and the class have each person if I chose them would have to say the word chocolate cake and they could say it in whatever voice they wanted and then the person would have to guess who it was and it was just it was so exciting they they really did love that game and I used to sing I've got quite a few songs that I made up and I I'm, I will share them. I'd like to record them because they're great, and the kids love them as well. So that'll that'll be something soon. I had a, a shaker as well that would sometimes get their attention before I had the bell. I would have a shaker. It was a bit harsh though, so it didn't last so long. Um, yeah, the bell, like the magical bell, any kind of beautiful music that I could have in there, I would do. I, I actually bought a, a pink speaker and would play classical music to children as they worked and it would calm them down and make them quiet and I could play whatever I wanted just connected to Bluetooth so that that was a real help in, in my everyday supply teaching. I found just the work and the time scales difficult. I found it hard to watch a child who was struggling to even write like a um oh god it's been so long um like what they were doing for the subject of the day um and it was like to 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 write the chronological order of something or other and this kid couldn't even write the word chronological let alone what it meant or anything else you know they can barely even cut out some of them um, and they're expected to do so much at such a young age I found that I became quite annoyed with the curriculum as a whole they were trying to rush so much into a day uh, maths English um, writing, reading, everything. It was just like boom, boom, boom. And I just thought, why can't we all go outside and lie on the grass and look at clouds and talk about clouds rather than being in here and learning about things that these kids don't care about? Let's engage them. But I was stuck in this system and I found it quite difficult sometimes. It made me super stressed. Yeah. 
I remember once this kid, I was like, where are they? So I go into the toilet and there's a couple of four-year-olds having a right laugh by throwing used toilet roll, toilet paper, all over the bathroom floor, like into each other's cubicles, into the main area. It smelled, you know, it wasn't pretty, but they were having such a good time. (laughs) So you have to laugh, even despite the grossness. I managed to avoid having to clean up any mess at all, I think, in the whole time I was there. It was maybe one number two. But other than that, I think I avoided everything. I'm not very good. I don't think anybody is in those situations. But I know that certain people always kind of went, I'll do it in the end. (laughs) The kids can be really gross with their snot and everything else. So I don't miss that part of it for sure. (laughs) When it came to marking, I would often, I would do some ticks and I would put a smiley face and I would say, really good job you know, but certain schools would want two ticks and a wish and a star and to say what you can do next. And I found that the hardest because when you're a supply teacher, you go in, you can barely read their writing, you know, and you don't know the class. And the higher up the school you go, I only used to supply up to year two, seven and eight. But when you get to year six, they're writing pages and pages. And I know some supply teachers would stay like hours afterwards marking all their work. And I just, yeah, I, I found it really difficult to do that. I thought I just would get quite cross with the whole marking system and what was expected of us. Mm, I know it, it I don't know, they, they didn't even really used to look at it the next day or unless you really implement it on a on a daily basis where they go and correct their own stuff from the previous day then it, it's difficult to manage um, so that's why in the end I would just give them a smiley face. I love all the kids, I love what they can teach us, I learnt how to draw flower mandalas watching a little girl draw a flower and she just kept drawing so I kept drawing as well and what happened was I started to draw mandalas and I would colour them in all different colours and the kids would be like wow that's so amazing and I actually turned it into a business for a while and I used to create mandalas and layer them up on card and I sold them at markets so it's it's really beautiful that a, a little girl drawing a flower could create something that I would I could carry on with for years after it's the only thing I can draw actually a flower mandala now <laughs> nursery children they can't tidy up you know they're three some of them can but most I see it I would see all these little bits of lego and just bits go from place to place and they'd walk around and then they just drop it on the floor and then off they'd go and play and do something else and it, it felt like you were like a, a glorified cleaner really as a nursery teacher it was quite exhausting to tidy up because it would be twice a day because we'd have two intakes in the morning and the afternoon another thing with nurseries they get free milk and for a long time I was a vegan so I found it really I was very sensitive about having to throw away cow's milk because they drink a tiny bit and then we'd have to throw the rest away it felt like a real waste there was just so much milk being delivered that we couldn't like look after it and it would go off. 
So it was, yeah, I, I wish there was a better system, but there's, there's a lot of wastage and also there's a lot of recycling, you know, and they don't recycle. A lot of schools don't recycle. And it was, um, I, I tried to start that initiative and I spoke to the cleaner about that in one of the schools and just said, you know, can we do something? Because there's so much waste all the time that schools have got a lot to answer for as far as recycling goes. And whereas a lot of them are into schemes and they're really invested in it, others have got to catch up still. And, and I, because they're such big organisation and they produce a lot of waste. So it, it's super important that they, they do their bit. So school for me as a teacher for five years was full of mischievous children and fun children, sweet boys and lovely girls who just wanted to be full of magic and sparkles and wanted to be inspired by my stories about fairies and finding special rings. There was a beautiful wishing ring that I would take round and we'd all wish for things for other people rather than ourselves. And we'd we'd close our eyes and we'd go, I wish. And in our head we'd say something nice. And then we'd go, one, two, three, whoosh. And we'd send all the wishes up into the air. And maybe somewhere somebody would get a little blanket that they didn't have before or a pair of shoes. So I use the, the magical wishing ring to to help the children to give other people and other children things that they might not have. I loved all the singing, I loved the, the banter of the teaching assistants and it was always nice when you felt welcome in a school when you were a supply teacher. I, I really appreciated people being friendly to me and I, I just, I, I, I had a great time until it became too overwhelming and I thought I can't actually do this anymore because it's just too much is expected of children um, at too young a age and I know that they're, they're sponges and I know that they can learn a lot of stuff but it's like when's the right time to actually do it and for them to not grow up stressed um, yeah like a lot of them do especially in this country in England but I'll always remember the sparkles and the joy and the giggles. And I, I used to get called back to schools quite often because I was a bit different. So they'll always have a special place in my heart, all those lovely children and lovely schools. And perhaps I'll revisit this subject with more stories and adventures. Thank you. See ya.